Welcome to Healing Your Families. I'm Emily Penrod and I help you as a parent go from frustration, stress, and overwhelm to calm, confidence, and joy so you can achieve the quality of family life that you desire. I am so excited for our guest today. I have Laura Christine. She is a master gardener and traditional naturopathic doctor. So I am so excited to be able to discuss with her how gardening can enhance family wellness. Laura, welcome. Thank you, Emma Lou. It's, it's a joy to be here. And I'm glad to have you here. Uh, we met through networking and I just, you know, I, I am really attracted to that idea of gardening as a family thing. You know, we, when we talk about wellness, we quite often just think of our physical well-being. But I know that gardening is, is not only a benefit physically, but emotionally and spiritually. I, I had the fortune to grow up in a family that really lived that. My, my parents owned seven acres. We couldn't really call it a farm, but we had a large garden. We grew chickens and sheep and beef and goats. So we provided a lot of our own food. And I remember working together, canning and working in the garden, taking care of the animals. And it was a family bonding time. We ate well. We still bought some food from the grocery store, but we didn't need to buy much. So, Laura, tell us, tell us how you got into gardening. Well, um, I have been gardening all my life. Um, we didn't have the we we didn't have that amount of acreage, but my parents loved to garden wherever we would go as far as we, we moved a couple of times and had a couple of different houses, they would always put in a vegetable garden or a flower garden or something. So I was helping my mom since probably about five years old. And I just, I fell in love with it. Same kinds of things, you know, canning, um, always a fresh, you know, my, my biggest and best memories are just that garden salad with fresh tomatoes. Um, you know, celery, lettuce, all of that straight from the garden. And then my mom would put a little blue cheese on there and I'd have my favorite dressing, you know, and there was nothing like it. Um, so that's a big memory for me. But I've just, I have just continued that tradition uh, with my own family. Um, and in about three to four years ago, I, I decided, you know, I need to start helping people. Um, in addition to I'm doing the traditional naturopathy which is food-based because, you know, food is our medicine and food helps us stay healthy. Um, so I just kind of tied the two together. And um, that's where I got my start was from my parents. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> it really starts in the family, doesn't it? So how it did you be, what drew you to naturopathy? Well, I, it sounds like, and I hadn't realized that before, that the approach is food is our medicine. Yes. Yes. Actually, what drew me into the field was I got sick. Oh. Um, and 
Yeah, and I, I had an illness, um, a chronic illness, that I started to go down the allopathic and uh, the medications and everything I had reactions to because I was super sensitive to things. And the illness that I had basically was an autoimmune condition that I basically hurt from head to toe. And so I kind of did a 180 and I started going to this gal who was a chiropractor and she also had a background in functional medicine and discovered I had an allergy to 39 different foods. My body was basically just like reacting to everything from stress and et cetera, et cetera. And um, she basically helped me for about five years. It took me five to seven years to get out of it, but I did it all with supplements and organic healthy foods. Um, I did a, what they call an elimination diet where you just take you know certain foods out and let my body heal through foods and supplementation. So that's kind of how I, you know, I kind of backed into the field um, and loved it so much as far as uh, there was so much to learn um, that we have forgotten. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping people with different modalities in what they used from 100 years ago. Some of them have been around that long. Um, so I, I just love the, the combination of gardening and naturopathy, but that's how I basically wound up in the naturopathy and then introduced the gardening a couple of years ago. You know, when you talk about food allergies, my experience has been what we're really allergic to is the processing we're giving our foods. For example, yes. wheat. I understand that, you know, there is something to the theory that it's how we're treating the wheat that is causing the allergy. Yes, correct. Um, the wheat we, we use nowadays is so processed. There's really, um, it, you know, there, there is still a wheat out there. It's called icorn wheat. It is the original, they, they say it goes back hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. It's basically has been untouched as far as processing, but the way we farm and the way we process there's really no nutritional value in the wheat. And then they have uh, the, the gluten part of it, the protein part of the wheat, in addition to the processing, sometimes the body just does not do well with it. And it, and it takes time, it takes time. Some people may not have like allergies or intolerances to wheat or, you know, another one is dairy. Um, but if you have it enough with the right combination of, you know, non-nutritious food and stress or whatever, um, unfortunately, the body is, set, you know, you're setting your body up for a whole lot of hurt, no pun intended, but, you know, it goes straight to inflammation. So, so it's, it sounds like it's, there's several factors involved. It's, it's the, yes. the quality, it's, well, it's what we eat and right. then that stress and then it's the combination have you ever known of a case where someone was allergic to an organic food, something that... I have not. I have not come, come across anybody that has had that. Um, though, unfortunately, uh, there has been a lot lately of cross-pollination. So now there are some questions as to, you know, are we getting a true organic product that you buy, which, of course, is more expensive, too. Uh, because of the lack of processing, you would think the prices would be the opposite, but 
Um, they're not, <laughs> but um, there's been a lot of cross-pollination. Um, they've been finding, you know, it's almost like a variegated whatever plant um, because the wind blows seeds and pollen into fields. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there's not a big, it's getting better, but there's not a lot of organic farming practices out there yet. But I, I, I think the farming industry and people are waking up. Organic and natural alternatives is, it's probably the last numbers and I'm probably off a little bit, is about a $34 billion industry. Um, and that, those stats might be a year or two old. So people are catching on to, you know, healthier food. So if you're growing your own food, you have your own garden, are there certain steps you can follow to make sure it's as organic? And, and that word I know has, sometimes I wonder if we're really clear on what that means, but let's start by defining what organic means and then how we can okay. use that if we're growing our own. Sure. Organic basically means not using anything that is uh, chemical used with chemicals. It basically means chemical free. Um, now you can use different, we're going to take an example. If you have insects, you can use more natural insecticides, but they are not based in a chemical, you know, uh, soup <laughs> background. So organic is basically a chemically free um, natural method. Uh, type of gardening or, you know, foods that they, they do that. So then would that mean growing your own seeds? Well, there are, there are different ways to do it. Um, and there are different, you can have, there's, there's several different seeds out there. There's organic seeds, there's organic heirloom seeds, and heirloom seeds can be just heirloom, and they can also be organic and heirloom. Heirloom seeds are seeds that have been passed down for a minimum of uh, 50 years. They, they say, uh, uh, I'm saying 50 years, I'm trying to remember, at least 50 years, um, five, five, 10, they, they do by 10 year uh, increments. Um, the, the beauty of heirloom seeds, they, are called, they call them open pollinated, which means you don't need a pollinator or you don't need another plant to pollinate the original plant. So the wind can pollinate them, the insects can pollinate them. They're usually stronger and they are usually, uh, they have more nutrition in them because they are not, they are not modified whatsoever. Um, now organic, the, the farmer has farmed those heirloom seeds using natural methods and no chemicals. That's how you tie those two together. And then you have all of these other terminologies when it comes to seeds like GMO, which means genetically modified organism. And that basically means they've messed with the DNA of the plants. You have hybrids. They've taken two plants, two of the same family and, you know, spliced them together. So those are all manipulative things that they've done with those plants. Those plants, particularly what they grow for convention, conventional farming, um, with conventional farming practices. So you not only are messing with the DNA of a plant, but then they're putting chemicals on top of it. Because a lot of times um, when they mess with the DNA or they have hybrids or that kind of stuff, they're still getting bugs. 
Um, and so they spray. <laughs> so because the original intent of hybrids and GMOs is to you know get a strong plant to grow a lot of production um, and keep the pests down. But unfortunately, it seems it hasn't done so well and it's backfired. So then they have to add more chemicals. So hopefully that's not too confusing, but there's all of these different types of seeds out there. I personally suggest with people is the heirloom and organic if you can find it. Generally, you can find an heirloom seed that if people are going to save them, they're more, they have more of a tendency to lean towards organic practices. And you said, if you can find them, I, <laughs> where, yes. I, I, I taught high school for a number of years and just across the street from a high school was an, another man who had garden all of his life and was so passionate about him that I would always arrange every year to have at least one trip, just walk across the street and have him show us his garden and explain what he did. And he would, he had, would said repeatedly, you plant the seed to get the plant and then you use the plant to get the seed. And he would, yes. and he would get his own seeds. I don't think he ever bought. Unless that's, it was that's fantastic. And, th and that's one part I left out heirloom seeds you can take the seeds and plant that and get the same exact plant the next year hybrids and GMOs generally you cannot you you might get a plant but it won't be it won't have the same characteristics sometimes it just depends um, but yes yes you're 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 and if it says organic they are still they're still doing hybrids with organic they're mixing everything together so that part can be confusing um, the easiest way I tell people is organic, heirloom, if you can marry the two. If not, heirloom is probably the best bet. Okay, that sounds good. And do you find, I guess it depends. You just need to know what's available in your area. I know my husband there, there's different. orders seeds, yeah, there's, seeds catalogs. Yeah. Yes, there's, there's actually, I use several different companies. I um, One out in your direction, I use um, Victory Seeds. They're organic. There's another um, company, and I think it's out by you guys also. Um, they call themselves 99 Cent Seeds, and they are all organic. They're a fairly small company. And then out by us, I'm here in the Midwest, um, there's a place called Baker Seeds, and they are all hair, heirloom um, organic. And they're in uh, southern Missouri, you know. So there's little pockets, but it, it's taken me it's taken me years to figure out, you know, who's good because I will buy organic heirloom. Sometimes I've had some really good luck. Sometimes I have not. So it's kind of trial and error. But with your years of experience, you probably have some companies you can. You recommend? Yeah, your I've got a couple, like the ones I've mentioned. Those are my favorite. My, those are my go-to, and and my rate of return is probably between ninety and ninety-five percent of the seeds I plant will sprout. So, of course, that's a biggie. Okay. Well, you know, we touched on the the advantages. To me, it's not only are you putting yourself in a position that you're going to be able to feed yourself, no matter. What happens, and we've seen the, short, the shortages at the stores, that kind of a panic. But also, 
because I have so many happy, and it sounds like you do too, have those happy memories of time of doing this as a family, you know, family time. I think this is a valuable life skill that parents can teach their children. And that brings us to, so just how much land do you need to garden? You know, you really don't need, if you don't have anything, there's always containers on a patio. You know, I've, I've taught people that way. Um, I've taught people in the city with just these little, you know, like step out, maybe 200 feet. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can, you can really grow anywhere. It's actually how you set things up is where your success lies. Well, I've seen those tower gardens that you could just have in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yep, they they have those. Yeah, I mean, there are, there, we have so many options. And I've noticed actually over the past year, year and a half, there, there are just so many creative ways to grow things and so many more new products out on the, on, on the market. Yeah, it's, or if you don't even want to buy that, you know, you can just grab a, a flower pot from Walmart or a plastic container. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can grow it really in anything. Yes, I agree. Now, my observation would also be it does take commitment and consistency. You can't plant the seed and then forget it. Right. Right. And those, those are actually, I, I have a, I call it the three steps to gardening success. And that is the setup, the timing and the consistency. And the setup is, you know, your, your sunlight, your soil, what kind of soil you're using, um, you know, where it's located, those kinds of things. And then the timing is knowing where you, what your zone is, your growing or your hardiness zone. And that's super important for, picking different varieties for your zone. And it's also, if you live in an area where there's, uh, you get frost or colder weather, you have to know those dates. So that's your timing. And then of course the varieties that you picked. And then of course, like you just said, the consistency. And it's the day in and day out of watering and checking your plants and looking at them and getting into that habit of knowing like, huh, that plant doesn't look really good. Let's just check it out, you know? Um, and by being consistent, you can catch things faster if there is a bug or something going on, whether it's overwatering or underwatering, you know, those kinds of things. Those are the three pieces to success for sure. And to life, really, you can flip it on its head because I've taught on that too. Set up timing and consistency. It works. <laughs> Another powerful life lesson. And it's also the answer to the question of someone who said, well, I tried gardening and, I, and I'm just not a gardener. I just couldn't make it work. But if they follow that, set up timing and consistency. If they followed that, then, you know, that would probably solve that problem of they tried it once and it wasn't successful. Exactly. And exactly. I love how teaching this to your children too. Think how just applying this to getting through school, uh, starting a career, raising a family, you know, strengthening a relationship. It right. really applies to everything, doesn't it? it? It totally, it totally does. It totally does. And then when you flip it back to going out in the garden, like we're talking family wellness, it's wonderful to be outside in the fresh air that, that relaxes the body. 
it's, it's satisfaction and achievement when you see something growing. It's even better when, you know, you get that first tomato and then you bite into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I grew this. And that tomato that you grew, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing organic principles or, you know, you're super careful about keeping it healthy has 20 to 30 times more nutrition in that tomato than what you're buying at the store. So of course that's healthy for you. And like you, 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 as you know, you know, it's a good family time together of working together, of setting goals, of accomplishments, of figuring out problems, trying to solve problems. I mean, it's, it's, it's a win-win all the way across the board and you get exercise too, (laughs) whether you like it or not. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. I think I, I think it's a wonderful adventure for any family to go into. And I and as we pointed out, you don't eat, you can live in an apartment, and still do some gardening or you know. Now I oh, want to anything. Ask, yeah, yeah. Um, are you familiar? I've seen from time to time these apps you can get on your phone. You take a picture of a plant and it'll tell you what it needs or are you familiar with any of those or I'm familiar with them I don't use them that often but I I am familiar with them and I think they're great um it's a good learning tool there's a lot of tools out there yes yes definitely and I would suggest that for people that don't they have apps out there I've seen for weeds too (laughs) if you don't know if you're looking at a weed or not um that's a biggie (laughs) Well, I've seen people use them if they just want to identify what plant is this, and it will identify the plant. I just wondered how accurate they are. Um, they're pretty you know, accurate. You you kind of have to feel your way through it. Yeah, but they're they're pretty accurate. Um, you know, when they first came out, not so much because they didn't. Their libraries weren't real large. Um, but you know, I think we're really having a gardening revival now in our country for sure. Um, and these, these apps specifically have a lot more information, um, you know, identifying the plant, not only the identification, but all of the information that goes with it. Um, I was looking at one and I don't use them, you know, that often I I kind of go through just to see what's out there. And there was one, I wish I could remember the name. I'll have to see if I can find it. But they even, you put in your zone and they gave you a list of everything, you know, according to the season and what you were looking for. And then you could identify your plants too, to see, you know, where it fell into those, that type of information. So it's, you know, I look at those things like tools. It's, it's as, as much as going on the internet and doing your research or, or talking to somebody like me or you that have gardened. And that's another beauty of gardening. What I love is gardeners and people that farm or garden are always helping each other because everybody always has something that they've done and you're always learning. I mean, we've been, can you say, you know, we've been gardening all our lives and there's always something to learn. It's, I'm not the authority, you know, I've done it a lot, but it's just like, there's always something to learn. Yeah, it's not a competitive (laughs) venture by any means. (laughs) And I agree no. with you. This this gentleman who lived by the high school loved it. He just craved, you know, please bring the students over. He just loved sharing what he knew. And it was just a rich treasure. I, I really loved it. Oh, it is. And that I, is and really I think cool. as, you know, technology keeps advancing. So those apps will become 
even better. And I'm hoping that any families watching this are ready to start, a, start gardening at some level together. I think yes. it would strengthen the family. They would be providing some healthy nutrition. So, and you've talked a lot about your gardening, how you help families and support them with gardening. Tell me a little bit more about your naturopathic services, and then let's, I want to make sure people know how to contact you. Sure. Well, I, I'm a traditional naturopath, which basically means um, there, there are naturopaths out there. They have more of a medical science background, more of a Western med medicine approach. My approach is kind of a combination of different modalities. Um, I've got, I've got some Ayurvedic or Indian medicine, Chinese medicine, um, herbology, uh, different, you know, different things like that. Um, I'm more focused. Basically what I do is I help people change their lifestyle. I have a lot of my, my specialty in, in supporting people is chronic illness because been there, done that. And, um, so I have a passion for helping people of just, you know, supporting them in their journey, because it is a chronic illness. Unfortunately, our medical systems aren't real good with the chronic part. Um, and I'm kind of like a, you know, come alongside and, and let's look at what you're eating, what you're doing. Um, and, and I'm closer to if, if people are still not sure about what traditional naturopathy, it's kind of like they call it functional medicine. We look at the body as a a whole, not just a little piece. Um, in Western medicine, you have specialists, which is great. They know about their area, but they don't take into consideration everything around it. Unless, you know, you know, like a heart doctor, of course, they're gonna pay attention or a brain surgeon, you know, those kinds of things. But sometimes um, they, they miss the whole body and how it works together. Like I think we talked here before about the spirit, physical and the, um, soul or the mindset, how it all interacts, how it's all connected. That is my approach. What I have found in my own journey and as well as my clients is that 90% of illness, especially chronic, is what's up here. Wow. It's the mindset. I yeah. believe it. As I soon really as I started it. cleaning that out, I started to get better. Okay. <laughs> so... so they would reach out to you, probably have some discussions. You would get information, and then yeah, I do. I do a thirty-minute for the naturopathy. I'll do a thirty-minute, just like a kind of get to know you, so we can talk. So I can um, tell you, you know, what I what I do. How you know, I have I have a nutritional questionnaire I go through with people and chit chat and how I can help them. Yeah, I I don't have that at the forefront, so they're, they're going to have to go to my gardening website. I kind of do that. I, I was a naturopath strictly uh, probably for the past seven or eight years, but I've, I've introduced my gardening piece. Not that I'm not interested in helping others with the naturopathy, but, you know, just reach out to me at kitchen garden expert and say, Hey, I, you know, I saw you on Emily's and, you know, I'm interested in naturopathy and we can help with that. And then a lot of times, a lot of my clients too, I, I teach them how to garden and what foods, you know, what foods from the garden are nutritious and how those interact with the body and those kinds of things. So well, that actually sounds um, like a natural path. Let's start with the gardening and then that leads into the nutrition and yeah, that makes sense. 
I kind of did it backwards. <laughs> sort of the naturopathy and was like, huh, the gardening goes really well with this. I never thought of that. <laughs> it does. It does. So they would go to, say that again, kitchen. Kitchen garden expert. Kitchengardenexpert.com. Dot com. Yes. And there, there's a part where you can just hit contact me. You know, there's, there's uh, my email mm -hmm. um, is on there. And I also have my phone number if that's easier. Um, if they want to find me anywhere else, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is Laura Christine, um, but all of the other social media like Instagram and those kinds of things um, is Kitchen Garden Expert. So on LinkedIn, you're Laura Christine. Anywhere else, you're Kitchen Garden Expert. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. And I hope <laughs> Thank everybody... You reaches out you have a lot of and it sounds like you have a lot of valuable information on your website too that they could benefit you know i try I, I love helping people and i love educating people you know and there's so much in our world that's it to me you know i'm a nerd it's fascinating it's fascinating <laughs> i'm i'm a lifelong learner I, it's, it's all fascinating food vegetables yes. herbs whatever <laughs> oh yes and laura thank you so much for your time and sharing this wealth of information that will help families. And well, thank, well, thank you. Thank you. I, it's, it's been an honor to be on your show. I, this has been fun. This has oh, been a lot yes. of fun. I wish we had a couple of hours. Yes, yes. There's a lot more we could discuss. So, you know, we'll, maybe we'll just have to continue this later. Yes, definitely. I would love to. So for my viewers make sure you visit laura christine on linkedin kitchengardenexpert.com and join me next week we'll be talking to pamela sylvan on managing our space in our home more of the mental wellness until then love yourself love your families we're making the world a better place by strengthening families. This is Emma Lou Penrod at healingyourfamilies.com.